Welcome to the Sales and Marketing for Decorators podcast with me, John Mears. And today I am joined by an industry giant, spraying legend, author. It's Pete Wilkinson. How are you, mate? Uh, not so bad, John. Good to be here. Good, good. Thank you for coming on. Been, uh, yeah, I think I've mentioned you in a couple of shows so far. And I've been uh, very keen to to get you on on for one of these because, uh, yeah, I well, you know that I love what you do and uh, reading the books and stuff like that. And I want to talk about something today. Uh, should decorators specialise? Uh, and obviously, I wanted to speak to you specifically about this because it's something that you know quite a lot about. Uh, and obviously, you've written a book about it, which we'll talk about later. But just give us a little bit of uh, a background into you. And you are Mr. Fast and Flawless, the spray man. So specialising has been very important to, to you and your career. Tell us about how all that started and, and how you see the, the key benefits of, of specialising and how it's helped your career. Yeah, OK. So um, obviously uh, I served my time as a decorator at a, a local company and we did the, the company did the full range of work. Um, and then sort of in my late 20s, I got a job teaching painting and decorating at college. Uh, so I taught, I taught the full range of, of skills. So I do actually have a full range of skills at my disposal. So, I can, you know, not only can I spray, but I can wallpaper and I can grain, I can marble, I can do most things decorating-wise. Um, but then about sort of five or six years ago, I decided that I wanted a bit of a change from college. So I went part-time, set up back on my own on the tools. But this time around, I decided that I was going to specialise and just focus on early spraying. So not just spraying, actually really more focused than that, early spraying. Now, mm. back then, it's not like it is now. Nobody really knew what that was. So I got some business cards printed up, Pete Wilkinson Decorators, early spraying specialist, um, and spent probably the first 12 months explaining to people what it was. <laughs> Which is always is quite good, really, because people like to put you into a bit of a pigeonhole. So if you sort of introduce yourself as a decorator, people automat automatically pigeonhole you. They've got certain expectations of how much they're going to pay you, certain expectations of what you're going to be like and all these kinds of things. Well, I didn't have any of that. I sort of had a, an opportunity to carve out their expectations. Mm. Um, and then as, as it sort of progressed, people started coming to me because of my specialism. And because of what I did, the fact that it was faster and the finish were better and everybody was starting to see the benefits, but they didn't really know where to go apart from me. So I started, the workload started to get like unmanageable really it got to the stage where i just had too much work so um then it's a question of picking and choosing customers just working for the ones that are willing to pay what you're asking and i've always been quite fair with my prices but you know i, I, I like to i'd like to, well i exceed my college income put it that way and that's what i wanted so yeah. and i do i do that no problem at all um so yeah that's been my experience of, of specializing really and i and i look at lots of decorators out there who are all self-employed and they're sort of trying to carve out a business for themselves mm -hmm. and they're trying to do everything because that's what their company did but you see their company might have had 20 people and it, each one of them people will, will have been specialists the yeah. company did everything but individuals didn't and i think to do everything as an individual is very very difficult you need mm -hmm. kit you need wallpapering kit you need spraying kit, you need all the different equipment for all the different jobs. Plus, 
you never really get slick at something that you don't do every day. So you're never that slick at whatever you're doing if you're doing a little bit of everything. Um, so I think you don't quite enjoy your work as much because you're not that slick. You're not as fast, so you don't make as much money. Um, so I just think specialising has, has so much going for it. That's a very good point about yeah, getting slick and efficient at something. I'm forever seeing posts in forums, uh, in and around decorator forums, where it's blah, 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 blah. I haven't done XYZ decorating skill in six months or so, so a little bit rusty. Um, what's the best materials for this nowadays? What's the best tool for that nowadays? And it's, yeah, I think it's very quick people can get left behind on certain skills, but you keep offering it because you feel like you need to offer everything because you don't want to turn down any work. You're like, well, I can do marbling, I can do graining, uh, so let's let's offer it. And then it comes up all of a sudden, you're like, oh shit, uh, <laughs> I can't yeah. quite remember how to do this again. <laughs> That's exactly right, yeah. And you end up taking twice as long to do it and yeah. earning no money on the job. And you think, oh, what was I doing there, really? Well, that's right. And you're stressed while you're doing it because yeah. you're not quite sure what you're doing. Whereas I have a really good friend who's who's brilliant at, at grain and marbling. He's done it all over the world. So if I get, ever get any of that, of that kind of work, I send it his way. But the great thing about that is, if he gets any spraying work, he sends it my way. Mm. So I, it's a win-win. We, we, we both get to do what we're really good at, um, and, and, and it works. And, and that's happened with so many people. I, rec I, I mean, I don't really do any wallpapering work, so I'll recommend that out to someone, yeah. pass it over to them. And they don't really like doing the spraying, so they pass that back to me. So again, I, I don't lose out. People think they're going to lose out on work because they're turning work down because it's not in their specialism but you actually end up that's not what happens mm -hmm. you, you sort of that it ends up you're giving it away to people and then they give you stuff back in in return and it, it it does really work well that's been my experience anyway yeah it's that that principle of reciprocation isn't it it's, it's a very human thing if you if you give somebody anything they, they have this they want to they want to return the favor so you you like you say, find out any wallpapering work or any normal painting and decorating work, and and they are always going to then have their ears pricked up. They're always going to be on the lookout. Ah, uh, this is a job that I could pass over to Pete, uh, and he'd be able to do a, re a really great job here. So, how long did it take you to go from that period of time where you're like, okay, so you're going part time at the college? Uh, you started putting your name out, you started carving out your niche as I, I'm Mr. Faster Flawless, I do the spraying. How long was it from that point when you started to the point where you said you were getting too much work to handle uh, and you needed to look at, at different ways of managing things and, and you know, cherry picking customers and stuff? What was that time frame? Okay, um, quite a while. Yeah. It wasn't quick. Uh, I would say two years. Okay. It took me two years. And I was very lucky. And again, I say this to people. I was part-time at college and that paid the bills. Yeah. So I wasn't in a position where I had to take work. Mm -hmm. So I could turn stuff down. Although in fairness, I had work from day one. It just wasn't my, it immediately wasn't my specialism. I, and I started getting spraying work probably after... 
um, a couple of months of putting it out there, I started getting just spraying jobs where it was actually not a decorating job where I sprayed it. It was actually they wanted me to spray. Yeah. And then I started getting bigger, juicier spraying jobs. And then after a couple of years, I was getting some quite big, nice paying spraying jobs. And then as time went on, so after sort of three or four years, I was I getting that's when it sort of got a little bit out of control really where i just I, I had to start then managing the spraying jobs almost and almost specializing within that narrow specialism so starting yeah. to say to people well geographically i don't really want to travel more than 20 miles um i don't really want to do that i don't want to do any work if there's a you know all different criteria that and i, and I want a deposit and i want and i started added criteria to what i really really wanted from the work and that sort of and even even now, I mean, it's got to the stage where I, I don't tell people I'm a sprayer. <laughs> it's got to that stage because I know they'll offer me a job straight away. So I sort yeah. of keep it quiet really now. I've gone the opposite way, um, whereas where I really promoted it in the beginning, now I sort of try and keep it quiet. It's very difficult, right? But, um, <laughs> but there you go. It's, it's amazing. Like, we, we obviously, we offer training now. Mm. Um, and the company that we rent the unit off, the landlord came in to see me the other day, just something like a landlord thing. I can't quite remember what it was about. And when he came in, I actually had a kitchen spraying course running. And he said, he went quiet and he said, Oh, you spray kitchens? And I said, Yeah. Said, oh, we need our kitchen. And, and immediately, and I'm like, Yeah, all right, I'll do it. Because obviously he's my landlord, so I want to look after him kind of thing. Yeah. But it's it's got to that stage which is quite nice it's a quite a nice thing but that and i tell this to people it's not because it's people always say oh yeah it's all right for you pete it's because it's you it isn't because it's me i'm me because i specialized if you know what i mean yeah. it is the other way around anybody can specialize and get known for that specialism and we only have to think about it in our own lives if, if you're going to buy something you know, you would rather buy something that's made by... So a classic example is, I like Taser Tape. Mm -hmm. And I like Taser Tape because it's it, it never lets me down. It's nice to use. But the other thing about them is they only make tape. They make 4,000 different tapes for every industry. That fills me with confidence, that. Yeah. And, and it's a good thing to say to customers, well, actually, this is all I do. And people think, well, he must be good because that's all he does. Mm. yeah this is it and this is something i i talk to a, there's a lot of decorators now funny you mentioned kitchens that are starting to specialize in kitchens some hand painted uh but, uh, but a lot spraying and, and spraying off site and i think that is that is one of those things it's like you were talking about price at the start because nobody knew what a sprayer was you didn't get pigeons you could carve out you know well this is what this is what you're going to pay for a sprayer i'm not a painter and decorator basically uh, and it's the same with people that I, that choose to specialize in kitchen refurbishment you need to then stop looking at it as well it's going to take me three days i'm going to charge a day rate of 160 quid because i'm a decorator you've got to think no i'm a i'm a kitchen specialist i'm a kitchen refurbisher and i'm a sprayer this is a specialist skill and what's the alternative buying a new kitchen for 10 15 grand well, surely, yeah, you could do it for half the price. So what if it takes you three or four days to do it? You're still offering a fantastic service uh, at a great price. 
That's exactly right. And there's another side to that as well, John, that people forget about sometimes. But if someone's got a £40,000 kitchen, and people do have, mm. then that's a big risk to put in the hands of someone that they're not quite sure what they're going to do. Yeah. Whereas if you're a kitchen specialist and you do two two kitchens, a kitchen, two kitchens a week, then they're, they're going to have a lot more confidence that you're not going to ruin their kitchen. And the yeah. other thing is, if you go in to paint the kitchen and you go in at a, a really low price, oh, I'll do it for 300 quid, then they're immediately, someone with a £40,000 kitchen will immediately think, no, that's not enough. They will think that. They won't go for the cheaper price. So, so you know, I think you've got to, I think what specialism does, especially with kitchens, especially on the higher-end kitchens, is it, it gives the customer confidence that you aren't going to ruin their kitchen, which a painter can quite easily ruin a kitchen. Yeah, I think it's it's the same. Uh, I could, you can compare it to cars, can't you? I mean, if, if you had a, a Rolls-Royce, uh, you don't, take it to dave the mechanic down the road who will who'll do it for 50 quid you take it to a rolls royce approved dealer or if you got a merc you go to a mercedes-benz approved dealer because yeah it costs more and you know it will cost more than getting your mate to do it but you know it's being done right and they're not going to ruin it uh, and yes. yeah that's exactly yes that's yeah. a great way of putting it it's that exact point if i had two quotes in front of me i wanted my kitchen my forty thousand pound kitchen done and one was a painter and decorator saying yeah i do the odd kitchen uh and i'll charge you 500 quid and i've got one from a kitchen specialist who turns up and says this is all i do i do kitchens all day every single day they could be 1500 quid and i think do you know what i'm gonna I want to go with the specialist because I want to make sure it doesn't get copped up, you know. Um, yeah, I agree. No, perfect. So let's talk a little bit about this this two-year transition. Uh, so I think that's a great way to do it, to build it slowly and to build it right, which is obviously what you did, and that's ultimately what's led you to, to long-term success with it. So how would – obviously you had a the, the college – um wage to fall back on uh and that that covered your bills like you said so let's look at it from a, an everyday decorator painter and decorator they're currently offering pretty much anything they've got a good range of skills how do they start to start going into their niche let's say they want to be spraying and they want to be uh, a kitchen specialist how do they start going right i can't afford to be turning too many jobs down at this point Mm -hmm. So I will do the odd wallpaper job and I will do the odd Mrs. Jones's front room. Yeah. Uh, how do they start slowly and steadily building that kitchen specialism? Any any tips on that? Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it's trickier if you're in that position. But I think if you've got a base of customers that know you as an all-round decorator, um, but you obviously want to move into specialism, then what i would do is i would change my marketing to focus on the specialism yeah first so i'd stop telling people i'm an all-round decorator and i'd start telling people so let's use wallpaper as an example so it's different to, to what i've done so i would yeah. start telling people that i specialize in wallpapering mm -hmm. now at the same time i would brush up my wallpaper skills so, you know, I'd, I'd maybe, I don't know, I'd brush up on my wallpapering skills, however you want to go about that. Yeah. And I, then I'd start looking at the wallpaper market, looking at, 
what I mean, the, the wallpaper is, could be could be a big one. I think it could be a lucrative one. Well, people sort of um, sort of don't don't think about it as a specialism because they see it as difficult to do, and 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 they see it as something that they might struggle with, and they see all these things. But all these things are the reason to specialise in it. You know, spraying is the same. It was hard and people were scared of it. Well, that's why that's good because it frightens the majority of people off. So the few people that do do it, do really well out of it. So I, I you know, so I'd, I'd start brushing up my wallpapering skills, however I do that, and I'd start promoting that. So if you do have a marketing effort, whatever that is, so if you've got a website, change your website so that so you're a you're a paper hanger if you've got a business card change your business card so you're a wall covering specialist mm -hmm. start talking to people that that um you know employ paper hangers so for example one of the things i did and not very many people do this but it worked really well for me i just approached decorating companies and i said if you need any spray doing and you've not got your own sprayer or you've got not got your own equipment i'll do it for you right pete we'll take you up on that definitely and I got a lot of work that way. And then it got to the stage where a lot of decorating companies that I worked through would just pass the client directly on to me. They'd just say, oh, Pete, you can ask Brain Bit. It's, you know, deal with them directly. So I pick that work up. And that will work with paper hanging because lots of decorators don't want to do paper hanging themselves, but they would sub it out to someone who specialised in it. So what that does is it starts building up your skills. It starts, you're doing it more and more and more and more and more. Um... And, and you start making contacts and, and, and you sort of get a feel for the specialism as well. So I know now if I want to pick up a big spray job tomorrow, I know where to go. I know who to ring. It's easy peasy. I've sussed the whole thing out. And it, the same's true for wallpapering. So you, you'd suss that out as well. And you'd know what kinds of companies get wallpapering done, what, what kind of decorators would you could subcontract to. And, and you'd suss it out. I think, wallpaper is a great example because i'm sure you've seen it as well it seems to me that the price of wallpaper well more the amount of designer brands and the amount people are willing to spend on wallpaper nowadays is going through the roof and if you're spending 200 quid a roll or you know you could easily spend in a couple of grand in wallpaper yeah nobody's going to want to hang that themselves Definitely uh, because they don't want to they don't want to balls it up uh, but secondly, like you say, a lot of decorators won't want to do that because no. they haven't hung wallpaper in six months. They don't want to, you know, cock up 200 quid a roll wallpaper because that's all their profits gone. That's so right. there is, yeah, a massive, massive thing for uh, a massive chance for people to specialize that. And, and again, it goes to the same point of if you had two quotes, one from a, de a decorator who says, yeah, I also do wall coverings and then you you look at another person's website and they are i'm a wallpaper specialist this is all i do well you're going to go with them aren't you because you just spent a hell of a lot of money on wallpaper yeah. uh you want to get the professional to do it and yeah um yeah i think that's and the other thing that that's reminded me of is is wall murals i know that yeah I read, I read, we'll talk about your book in a bit but you mentioned that as one of a potential specialism for decorators yeah. i think that's an absolute gold mine for someone to pick up and and run with it um these these wall murals because you can get them the print quality is now fantastic and so quick and so simple this 
there's a chap in your in your building isn't there who does it he, he does it the thing is the, with the mural side of things people want bespoke they want things that only they have yeah so so you'll get people uh, 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 what a lot of people don't realize with the so paul calls it one piece um wallpaper one piece wall coverings um, so you can basically do any image any size on yeah. one piece so if someone wants a pattern on the chimney breast he can print that and there's no joints and they have it on the chimney breast and if if they're thinking about spending 150 or 200 pound a roll on on that kind of thing then paul can do it cheaper than that so it's cheaper it's easier to hang it's harder wearing uh, and it's really really good money i mean you can make really good money installing it um so i think that's a massive market and and, and i don't think it's just massive com for commercial people so like things like hotel receptions and all that kind of stuff they love it it's just perfect for them they can have their company logo on it and it just looks it's got the wow factor i think there's a massive domestic market for us for it as well and the yeah. good thing about the domestic side of it it's completely untapped so at the moment nobody's doing it nobody at all so if you set up doing that you've got no competition whatsoever so they're like oh i like this idea pete's brilliant what you're offering wow this is amazing how much will it be oh well you know typically i charge for an install on a chimney breast i'll charge 250 quid oh wow uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll think about it. We might get some other prices. Well, good luck with that because there's only me. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? You're in a really, really strong position. Now, obviously, as the market matures, and I think it'll take probably a while for that to happen, 10 years perhaps, 15 years maybe. Um, it doesn't matter because after 15 years, you've been doing it for so long, you've got the reputation of, well, people were doing it in 2021. You know, it's like you've got that. So you can't, it's a win-win. It's just looking for um, things that are up and coming, really, and, and specialising in that and getting good at it. And the thing is, you'll automatically get good at it. And the other thing is, as well, with, with those kinds of things, if someone's prepared to spend £200 a roll on wallpaper, so they're, and, they're, and it's 10 rolls, so it's two grand, mm. they can afford you. It's yeah. as simple as that. <laughs> if they couldn't afford you, they wouldn't be spending two thousand pounds on wallpaper. Yeah. So they might play hard. They might play hardball when you go and price it. Oh, blooming heck, Pete! We didn't expect it to be that much. But really, they're just playing hardball. They can afford it because it's like the Rolls Royce analogy. If you can afford a Rolls Royce, you can afford the Rolls Royce service, can't you? Otherwise, you shouldn't have one. Simple yeah. as that. So it's the same thing, really. And and. Uh, I think as, as decorators as well, another trap that we fall into is we see the world from our own point of view and we see the world from our own income level. And that's not how our customers see the world. And I think we need to sometimes remember that and we can think, hang on a minute, they, you know, they can afford this. And again, I'm not talking about ripping people off. I'm talking about charging a fair market price for what we do. Um, but yeah, I think you've got a lot more leeway if you've specialised in something like the murals. And another thing that Paul does as well, which is really good for decorators, is if the decorator buys directly from him, he'll give them a discount because they're a decorator. So as, a, as an installer, they'll get discount on the on the product. So there's there's a little bit of margin there as well. So that, that's 20% actually, which is quite good. That's, so you, yeah. you could make money literally just... Um, 
selling the product. You know what I mean? You could, if, if, if you've got a hotel chain that said, yeah, we'll have one of these in every foyer and we've got 30 hotels and each mural's a grand, then, you know, I can't immediately do the maths off the top of my head, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> you've, um, there's a couple of points that I, I thought interesting from that. Um, it, it, as it happens, yesterday I was Googling about war murals um, and when I looked for it, yeah, four or five, and I was looking for images of them uh, for a blog I was writing. Uh, when I did it, uh, four or five websites came up, you know, love to murals and this, that and blah, blah, blah. But now you mention it, not a single advert or link came up for uh, anyone saying, I will install that mural. <laughs> it was just... Yes, the flag. Yeah, it was just, okay, you can buy this lovely Disney princess uh, wall mural. Uh, yeah. But yeah, certainly on page one of Google, there was no one saying, I'll come and install it for you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. And a lot of the ones that you buy, there's basically, there's three types. So the, the cheaper ones, like 100 quid, which yeah. are just really, really thin paper, uh, very, very poor, not very durable, uh, very difficult to hang, generally in a number of pieces, let's say 12 pieces. So you've got 12 joints going both ways, by the way. So it's, yeah. it's almost impossible to get a perfect image with one of those, no matter how good you are. And then there's another type that's um, more durable, but st has still got joints. So they're spliced. The image has got like bleed on it. So it's designed to be overlapped and cut through and spliced. Um, they're quite expensive. Uh, but there's always the risk of the splice not working or the splice splitting and opening up. And then there's finally the, the one-piece murals, which are only slightly more expensive than the, than the splice ones. But there's absolutely no chance of the joints opening up because there aren't any. The image is absolutely perfect, so the illusion doesn't get broken. So when you Google murals and, and you get those five hits coming up, I'm guessing that most of those are the poor quality ones. And most people's perception of it are those. So when you talk to decorators about it, they'll say, oh yeah, I've, I've done a couple. And they were a nightmare. This is what you get back. Yeah. So when you start talking about the one piece ones, they don't really understand what you're talking about. So they're like nodding in, yeah, Pete, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I actually show them the actual real thing at the academy, it blows their minds. When they see it for real and touch it for real and see no joins and see how tough it is, they get it then. They've got to, you've got to see it to, to believe it almost, you know, to actually properly for the penny to drop. Mm. So, yeah, but it's, it's early days for that, for that particular specialism. So it's a harder job because you've got to work that little bit harder uh, educating people about it. But I think from a... A marketing point of view this is the other thing about wall murals they're an absolute dream you you put uh, a before and after well it's difficult to say a before and after because you've got a blank wall and then you've got a well, perfect yeah. bespoke image you put that yeah. on facebook that's it you you'd never have to advertise again because no. one single post you're going to have everybody in your town going where can i get that <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, and, brilliant for marketing without oh without and the other thing of course john don't forget is like i i do uh, a mural at julie's house and she tells all her mates oh yeah oh, my god, look what julie's got on her wall that's amazing oh my god there's no james blah 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 because they've never seen it before you see yeah. and people are like that with anything that they've not seen that's amazing they go on and on and on about it so the, oh he's gone you've lost me i'm still here don't worry oh, it's all right. <laughs> so um so they do, they do the marketing for you you know, and, and that's what happened with me with the spraying, because what I would do is, 
how a spray there would work to a finish that they'd never seen. And they told all the friends about it. I never had to say a word. I got phone calls and people would say, are you the guy that sprays woodwork? So yeah. I, I knew that somebody's been going on about it and showing people. And so that's a great pl place to be because all you're doing is educating people. Mm -hmm. And then once somebody gets it, they go, oh, yeah, and you do it for them, then they sell for you. Yeah. And that's a great position. And, and, and they want to sell it as well they want to show it off to all their friends don't they particularly something like this especially when you've got those hidden benefits that perhaps people aren't expecting when you go look it's actually durable as well so it is perfect for the kids room and uh, uh, and this is a photo that i just took on my phone or something like that and and now look at it it's there uh, there's there's so many benefits to it and yeah i think particularly Wall murals is, is, is wall. I, keep, I say wall murals, and it often comes out wall murals. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's not wall mural. Anyway, wall. We know murals. what you mean, though, John. We know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. That's the main thing. <laughs> wall murals. One of the other big big benefits of it. Um, we talked a little bit about price earlier, um, but I think what specializing in general is brilliant because you will get super good at pricing but something like kitchen spray and wallpaper hanging uh, or wall murals you could almost be i i don't think there's much to stop you from giving pretty accurate estimates yeah. just from photos uh, maybe a virtual video call or something like so you yeah. put a post on facebook uh, and then someone messages goes where can i get this and you yeah. go right well this is how much the mural cost and if your wall is 10 meters squared it's yeah. a minimum it's a minimum of 250 quid say something yeah. like that uh or it's 25 pound a square meter for anything over that so if you want a 50 square meter wall you've you times that by 25 and, and that's your price that's uh, exactly right so people can price it themselves yeah With very little risk so you can say to someone measure your wall let me know how big send me a picture that's the best thing. Yeah. Um, and and you can give them a price over the phone. You can say it'll be this much and it'll be this much to install because it's more or less cast in stone. Now, I've chatted to Paul about this and what he says is sometimes when he goes to do the install, the wall's not great. Okay, it looks all right, top picture, but when he gets there in reality, it's not great. So what he does is he puts like the paste the wall lining paper on the wall rock. He wall rocks the wall. Now, he can wall rock a wall in 45 minutes. It doesn't take long. It, yeah. He'll chuck that in for free. He'll just wall rock it and then put the... Now, the thing is with wall rock, because it's um, non-woven, it, it's not soaking or anything. You can actually paper straight over the top of it. And a lot of people don't know that, but you can. So you, you can just do your install. It's on a perfect surface. The customer's got what they see as an extra thing for free, yeah. which they have, effectively. But what yeah. it means is you don't have to worry too. I mean, obviously, if the wall's a disaster, but if you've asked for a photograph, you would see that in a photograph. If it was a real yeah. mess, you could say, look, your wall's a real mess. You need to get that replastered, really, before we put the mirror on. But if it's just a normal wall that looks good in a photograph, then you can handle it in reality. So it just makes everything, the pricing's easy. There's no going to look at it, really. You don't have to go, they just send a picture. Um, yeah, it just simplifies, it simplifies it. And, and it's, it's another interesting thing with pricing. And, and it tickles me this, because you'll see people talk about pricing per square metre. And they say things like, well, it's complicated. There's lots of factors. And yeah, it, 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 there are lots of factors. I agree with that. I understand what they're saying. But if you're, if you're specialising, you're narrowing, you're, you're narrowing it, you're simplifying it.
Yeah. And you're simplifying the price as well. And the thing is, it averages out. So if I if I priced for murals per square meter and I did a thousand customers, then maybe on a hundred of them, oh, I were a bit cheap on that really because it were it were a bit of a pig to do. And on hundred yeah. of them, I made a bloody fortune because it went on in two minutes. Yeah, and it would average out over all the jobs. And I think that's how you've sort of got to look at it. You know, you've got to look at pricing in that way. It's like a constant, you know, you, you win some, you lose some kind of thing. As long as you, you're in the ballpark and as long as you're making your yearly money and, you know, as long as things are sort of panning out, um, I think you're doing all right. I think you can overthink it with the pricing thing. Yeah, I think when you're doing the same thing every single day, then it's much easier to have that that better perspective on it because... Yeah, you can often look at pricing uh, as a decorator and think, oh, it is a bit complicated. But then you look at it as go, well, that's because no job's the same, really. One day you're doing woodwork, one time you're hanging wallpaper, then you're painting a ceiling and it's all different. So there are loads of different things to think about. Uh, and that what that's what I think decorators think makes it very difficult. But yeah, if you're doing wall murals every single day, it's so streamlined, it makes it easy. And I think the other thing I've just written down is this is ideal for something to add to your business because realistically, I think you're going to be able to hang most of them in a morning, aren't you? Morning, uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is the perfect sort of thing that you can either slide it in on a weekend if you have to or yeah. do it alongside other jobs when you've got a little bit of downtime. Yeah. So it's the perfect... Uh, route in to specialize and so you had your your um your college wage to fall back on you built it slowly well there's no reason why any decorator couldn't build slowly on this side of things Definitely. and as you say you just even if you want to set up a, a different website and get yeah. some disparate different business yeah. cards a different social media handle yeah. all of that can be done for a couple hundred quid that's right and that's then, what i would do yeah I'd do that and have a separate name yeah, wall, wall mural wizards or whatever, some separate name. Yeah, that set up a separate website, like you say, it's cheapest chips nowadays. Separate Facebook page, a separate identity that you're behind. Mm. And then every time I talk to customers about murals, this is what I specialize in. Your yeah. ordinary customers that you've always they know you, they know you. You just you know you can mention it to them. Yeah. In fact, your customers that you already have, you could do them a deal. You could yeah. say, look, I'm specializing in murals. If you want one, I'll do you a really good deal and I can yeah. use it on my social media. And they'll say, oh, all right then. Mm. And then you do it. They're blown away by it. They tell all the friends. But obviously the deal is is because you can use it on your social media. So, you know, it, yeah, I think that could work. So, so many decorators uh, rely on word of mouth and are very um, proud of the fact that they get all of their business through word of mouth. So I think you could just almost set it up as a second business and just go, right, well, my original all-round decorator business, that will look after itself. That will that will stay busy enough, even if I'm not doing heavy marketing with it. So yeah. let's just focus 100, 150 quid a month or something like that. It probably doesn't even have to be, need to be that much. You could no. do a lot of it just on free social media and stuff like that. Let's focus my marketing efforts on this for six, 12 months and then see where we are. And... Look, exactly what people say to you, oh, it's easy for you, Pete, because you're you're the spray man, you're Mr. Fast and Flawless. Well, in 10 years' time, someone in, in this country is going to be in your position and they're going to be Mr. Muriel's. Uh, 
and it's going to be oh it's easy for you because everyone knows you're the mural person it's like exactly. well yeah that's because 10 years ago <laughs> that's exactly. i did something about it when it was hard for people <laughs> yeah that's exactly it that's exactly then, it yeah, and, and, and if people just get that from this podcast yeah. if you just get that the fact that if you carve yourself as, and there's thousands of specialisms that's the other thing as well because people say oh it's all right for you pete because you know you you thought about spraying like you know you knew it was going to be big no i didn't i didn't know anything <laughs> i just picked it as a specialism because I, I, I knew the best specialisms are the things that people don't know you can do so i'll never forget i sprayed an outside i sprayed some sash windows and the, to a fantastic finish and the guy come out and he said and I'll never forget this. He said, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. So he'd never seen it before. So it yeah. blew his mind. Yeah. And, and so things like that are brilliant as specialisms because people have never seen it before. You're educating them. They think you're amazing because you're doing this thing they've never seen before. Yeah. Spray plaster is another good example of this, although spray plaster is starting to evolve a little bit now. It's sort of a little bit further along. But, you know, I, I talked to people sort of two or three years ago about oh yeah you can spray plaster a ceiling and they go what do you mean spray plaster what does that actually mean well what it means is you spray it on we nail a spray like that so two minutes then you just level it out done oh you can do that yep yep you can do that why aren't more people doing it because people always say that to me and it's like i have no idea yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I actually have no idea why more people aren't doing all these things that i can think of yeah. and another thing that people always say to me is oh when i chat about specialisms like we are doing now people say if the mural thing's so good why don't you do it well because i'm spraying yeah i can't do everything there's only so many hours in there mm. you know i've decided to do that but i can still see opportunities in other things i just can't do them all myself it's yeah. impossible isn't it so so that's you know that's it really you've got to find and everybody's different as well so some people would absolutely love doing spray plaster and some people would hate it so i mean if you're one of them that hate it it's not for you then is it it's not your thing but if you're one of those that think do you know what this is right up my street this oh my god big contracts going in fantastic right up my street well it's perfect for you then isn't it get on with it do it and it's another one that's good for decorators because it's it's almost a process that sits in between plasterers and decorators, but it's more alien to plasterers because the product's more like a filler. So it's it decorators are more comfortable with it. And I know because I've shown both plasterers and decorators how to do it, and it's the decorators that take to it easier. And they're like, oh wow, this is great, this isn't it? Yeah. And the other great thing is you're gonna paint your own plaster. So how good's yeah. that? That's great as well. So I mean, but there's loads, there's loads of things out there like that. That there's just that's just two or three that I've come up with, you know, from experience kind of thing. But there there are lots of things. Yeah, I think the spray plaster is something I'm I'm keeping an eye on because I just I think yeah because decorators take to it that bit easier than plasterers. Uh, it's got I think ultimately the it's got to merge with decorators so your decorator the finisher will be doing the plaster and the paint and it will be a more efficient service um because you haven't got the decorator sanding down the the rubbish plaster in um because they're going to do it perfect because they're, they're the ones painting it 
Uh, I don't know what I don't know what I don't know who will moan who will moan about on social media. I suppose we'll have to just all the decorators will have to direct it to the chippies or something like well, that. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, John, it's an interesting one this because we always view things in one direction. Yeah, and I'll give you I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. So I've had I've had really good plasterers learn how to spray paint because they're sick of crap painters ruining their plastering seriously really? yeah yeah <laughs> and i've had really good joiners learning how to spray because the sick are shit painters ruining <laughs> their work it actually cuts both ways yeah painters hate following crap joiners but crap jo good joiners hate it when crap painters follow them yeah it's both ways and i think we forget <laughs> that you see the world from your own point of view there are good plasterers out there there are good ones but yeah. unfortunately there's too much work for them to do it all so it draws in your, your lesser skilled ones and them are the ones that we feel like we follow. I might so, have to covertly sneak into like a, a joiners or a plasterers Facebook group and just say, oh my God, they, they're horrible about everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> just say, oh yeah, it's the same jokes, but just but the, other way, around, that's exactly, the other way around. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's, it's, it's funny, really. But, but sort of obvious because... Yeah. In any trade, so you get 100 decorators, you're going to get 10 really good ones, aren't you? Most of them will be average and 10 will be crap. Yeah. And that's the same with every trade, obviously. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so, let's, uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about what is the name of um, the Muriel's chap that's in your building? Because I think, especially with, if he's offering like a 20% discount, I think that offers a real incentive for decorators because I, at first I was looking at it as well you've got no real risk because you can just say to the homeowner order the mural from here pay for it get it delivered and then I'll come and install it but you could also then say all right if you don't want to do that then you pay a deposit and and I'll order it I'll get a 20% discount uh, now I'm quite keen on um, I had this this chat with Trevor Mangan the other day about decorators I think they should keep the discount that they get uh, but be transparent with the customer and say the reason I keep that is because if it's wrong I've got to go and take it back um, if it turns up and it's in a state then I've got to deal with that there's the, the, the travel and this and blah 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 there are admin sides of things so yeah. that's why I keep that 20% but whether you want to do that or not is, is probably a different thing but yeah. yes yeah, so, so what is this this chap's website and so it's it's Vista Digital Vista Digital. Um, I S T A. Yeah, digital. Vista.co.uk, I think. And uh, yeah. the chap's name's Paul Feather. And obviously, you know, people are, if they're interested, they can message me and I'll send them Paul's details. Um, but he's pretty easy to find. He's in our unit. So, you know, we've got the Academy at Preston. Paul shares our building. So, you know, they can come in. if they're local to me, they can come in and have a look at some of the stuff that up on the walls and see what it's like, see the quality of it. Um, yeah, it is superb. It is. Uh, well, usually at this point, I will ask for a final verdict on the original question, which is should decorators specialise? But I think we're, <laughs> we're quite comprehensively we've agreed on this one. <laughs> yeah, we're sold on the idea. Yes. Things, we? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting uh, as well, John, because I, I've, I've had the odd chat with decorators on social media about this yeah. and not many come back with many negatives. So odd ones will say I'd get bored. 
do its own thing all the time. Now, that sort of makes sense to me. I, I can sort of relate to that, but I've not got bored doing the spraying. So you'd think, wouldn't you, after sort of five or six years of it, I'd be bored of it by now, and I'm not. So I don't know whether you would get bored because I don't know. And then others say like, oh, you know, I like, uh, you know, I, I like customers want everything. They want me to give them everything. Well, of course they do. <laughs> but tough. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, Pete, uh, I need a window changing. Can you do that? Well, no, because I'm not, I'm not a joiner. Well, it's the yeah. same principle, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, of course customers want you to do everything for them. But how much respect have you got for someone that does everything? You know, really, like, if you've got someone that does your garden, will fit a window, will do it wash around your tap and do your decorating, you know, you've just not got it, have you? So, so I think the arguments against specialising, or another argument against it, and this is this is valid, I think, is that the tighter you specialise, the bigger a geographic area you've got to work. So if you have a really, really tight specialism, you might have to work nationally to find enough work. Mm. Now, again, with spraying, I, I have, I, that's not been the case for me. So I could, if I wanted, I could work in quite a tight geographic area, probably five miles from my house, mm. and there's more than five times more work than I can handle. Um, so would that be the case with murals? Probably not at this stage, because I don't think it's out there in people's consciousness as much. So I think you would have to travel further. And I know Paul travels nationally for, what, for some of the contracts he does. Mm. But don't forget, he makes really, really good money. It's worth his while. And it's all expenses that he charges to the customer. It's not out of his own pocket. Um, so I think the geographic thing is a valid argument against specialising. But I think if you if you make the specialist, you can decide how specialised you are. So if you make the specialism, so you could do murals and wallpaper. So that shrink your geographic area down to probably 20 miles. There's enough work in a 20-mile area to, to, to keep you busy, definitely. But it's up to you. It just depends what you want. The tighter your specialism the more valuable you're going to be. And I think with the, with powerful tools like Facebook and stuff nowadays, uh, so a, a good example is uh, I set up some Facebook ads for a decorator who is a kitchen specialist. Uh, I design, designed the ad for him and I was setting up the targeting and everything like that. And he goes, uh, yeah, I'll, we'll do set a radius of 50 miles. And I said, uh, yeah, about this radius. And he goes, well, it could be more than 50 miles if it needs to be. I said, no, I'm thinking about making it more like five miles. He's yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he wanted to put it more. So we put it at 10 miles. And that 10-mile radius, uh, and then we targeted um, uh, an age range of like 24 to 64 and women only. Uh, and that was still 150,000 people. Yeah. And he got 13 inquiries within the first 24 hours. Yeah. He could quite easily have done it on a five mile radius and been more than more than fine with that. And I think, I don't know. So I, I live in a, a small to medium sized town. There's about 12,000 people live in my town. You can walk from one side to the other in 30 minutes. And I think a lot of people will... I think that's a pretty average for wherever you are in the country. Um, you've probably got 10,000 people pretty much within walking distance of your house. Yeah. Uh, and 10,000 people, if you are the mural guy or the wallpaper guy, yeah, 
is a that lot. Is, that is more than enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but we're never going to run out of houses. That we're never no. going to run out of. I know some decorators. They'll they'll do decorating projects. They'll do two or three jobs for one customer a year. In fact, yeah. I know a lot of decorators. I asked them the other day. Average decorator seems to have about thirty regular clients. Yeah, and then they do about ten or fifteen different ones. So really, there's ten thousand people within walking distance of my house. And yeah. I need probably fifty to one hundred of them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's tiny. Uh, yeah. And when you when you start uh, specialising like that, and you hone in your marketing, then you've got one very simple, clear message, and you put it into the local Facebook groups, and you put it on your Facebook ads and stuff like that, and you will quite quickly fine there are so many people just on your doorstep that will have this service might take a little bit of time to build up as you said yours took a couple of years to to build it up and do it right but as with a lot of these things you can do it half a day here half a day there and and, and build it up like that i think as well john we're we don't know how lucky we are yeah. being born in an age where we've got access to free media more or less that will access all our customers or all our potential customers at a couple of clicks of a button and it's like someone saying well thing is like you know um you know i, I just use word of mouth and that's like saying well you know you could use this megaphone and 20 times more people are there no no I don't, i'm not bothered with that but why not <laughs> because what people forget i think sometimes is if you've got 10 times more customers that you can handle Put your prices up can't you yeah because you can get rid of them down to what you want and then you're in a really good place so i think sometimes it, we fall into the trap of thinking well i've got enough i've got my 30 customers now i'm quite happy mm. yeah i don't know you know big companies don't do that do they so so I, it's not it's, it's not a, a proper business approach really you know you're sort of playing at it really i think if you want a proper you want a proper income and you want a proper business that's that's solid and sustainable and you enjoy and it's giving you good money um you know you do need to use the the marketing skills that the, the marketing tools that are there and the thing is it's just it's a, this i mean it's just amazing if you went back in time 20 years and said to people in 20 years time you're going to be able to do this 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 and this they wouldn't believe you you'd be like oh my god that's mm. amazing what you can talk to people all over the world for free yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah isn't that amazing i mean it's just we do not realize how lucky we are to have these tools at our disposal and all right it takes a little bit of getting your head around but you've got to use them as a decorator it cuts you above the crowd it puts you in the top 10 percent straight away i think that's it and uh yeah all these tools whether it's facebook or anything online there's so much out there you can learn them so quickly uh even if you just even if it takes you a couple of couple of things there's a few things that like installing a facebook pixel that took me a couple of goes of going back to it and doing it because i'd get frustrated and go oh yeah. i can't fucking work this out and then i'll yeah. come back two days later and go i need to work this out and then it, in the end it's just not that difficult and you do get it sorted and then the benefits yeah. are huge and yeah you're absolutely right every every company i've ever worked for um your your database of customers is an ever evolving thing that you are trying to grow and improve and and every year i plan to lose 10 to 15 percent 
bottom end of my customers gone. They might yeah. just leave me. They might go out of business. I might just want to stop dealing with them. Yeah. Uh, and so every year I try and replace the bottom 15% with a new brilliant top 15%. Yeah. And then exactly 10 right. years down the line, you're like, oh shit, I'm, I'm charging twice what I was 10 years ago. Yeah. I've got superb customers that all love me <laughs> exactly well that's exactly right and that's it's all it takes it's interesting because we were running the course of the day and we were chatting about this and i said right so you've got 10 customers so i wrote it on the board one two three four five six seven eight nine ten in a stack yeah. and i said and this is factless 80 percent no 20 percent of your customers will give you 80 percent of your revenue so numbers one and two are going to give you 80 percent you could bin all the rest off and all right, you take a little bit of a pay cut down to 80%. But I tell you what, you'd be working a lot less. But what I would do is the bottom 20%, so number nine and number 10 are the ones that give you 80% of your grief. Yeah. So what I would do is I'd do two things. I'd fire my bottom two. Sorry, I'm too busy for you. I'd put my prices up so that I get rid of about three of the middle ones, but not my top ones. And then I'd be making more money for less hassle with a, an easier manageable bunch of uh, customers now no decorator in the right mind did think about doing that it's like what bin off the customers <laughs> yeah yep, bin them off because some of them aren't worth it they're not worth it and, we, and what i always say one of my things is that i constantly say is if you're running a decorating business in my opinion you're just trying to do one thing build a collection of brilliant customers that's what you're trying to do that's your goal not work for anybody build a collection of brilliant customers that like you you like them you, they like what you do you like doing stuff for them they pay you what you want but you know within reason obviously and that's what that's the goal and you'll get the odd one come in and we've all had them the customers from hell bin them off as quick as you can i try and bin them off before i get to know them now yeah. i ask a couple <laughs> of questions and, and if they fail at them it's like well i'm really really sorry mrs jones but i'm just too busy because yeah. I, she's they said a couple of things that i just think mm, i don't think they're going to be great to work with you're, abs you're absolutely right it is the the customers you make the least money on are also the ones that give you 80 percent of the grief they're just the absolute nightmare and uh yeah even just cutting those people out frees up so much headspace that yeah. you will naturally go out and then replace them with better customers uh and they're out there and i i see unfortunately it seems to take decorators until they're getting towards the end of their career to I find agree. this great collection of customers. And I, I think it's because as people are growing and, and going through life and they're having children or whatever, it's like the last thing you'd ever think to do is get rid of a customer. And I guess exactly people right. get to sort of their 50s, all their kids move out and they go, but you know what? I don't need the headache of uh, exactly. Mrs. Jones anymore. Yeah. I'll sack her off. And then they're 60 years old. They've got four or five customers that – and, and I've seen it, people talking about it on Twitter. They're like, oh, yeah, I've just got a great set of customers. I just go and do work for them and just send them an invoice. Yeah. Like, so you don't even quote, nah, I just do work and then just give yeah. them an invoice for what I want. And they're like, yeah. so those customers are out there, but it's they not are. until you yeah, it's not until yeah. you've got to 50, 60 years old yeah. and perhaps stop giving a shit whether well, you upset the customers or not. <laughs> the irony of it is yeah. the less you need the money, the more you get. Yeah. Because you don't need it anymore, so you're like, yeah, 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 whatever, like you know, and they think, oh my god, he doesn't need it. So the, and it's a, and the more you need it, when you're twenty, and you're desperate as hell. People yeah. see it in your eyes and take Smell advantage it. of you, don't they? 
So it, 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 I don't. There's no solution to that. It's no. just you know, <laughs> just keep plugging away at it. And if you're you're a young decorator, then it's keep plugging away. You'll get there in the end. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Ah, oh, brilliant. Okay. So. Um... Right, yeah, we've done Final Verdict, we've done all of that. So tell us a little bit more about you then. So number one, let's talk about the book. So you've got a book about about specialising. So what's it called? Yeah. So I've got it here, look. How yeah. prepared I am. Ever the yeah. professional. That's it, the specialist decorator. So it's a funny one, this, because it's quite a thick book. Mm. I don't shout about it a lot, this one, no. because it's not part of my Fast and Flawless series that I've got. But... It's actually secretly one of my favourite ones because what I've done is I've actually come up with 23 specialisms, yeah. some that I've not talked about obviously tonight, and I've split them up into sections. So let me just remind myself of what the sections are. <laughs> so I've got to say I'm... now that the fact that the fact that you didn't shout about this one, uh, I had that exact reaction. So uh, like we were just talking about, because you weren't talking about it, I was like. I've got to get this, and like as soon as it was available, no, I think you even sent me a pre-release copy, I and I was just like, yeah. and I just read it straight away. And the first yeah. thing, I was like, he's not telling people about this. He did, yeah. so I bet this is good, and it was brilliant. Yeah. But sorry, go on, yeah, yeah. the section. So anyway, so um, I've got a little first section is just about a few pointers on how to go about specialising business tips and tips, which yeah. we've talked about tonight, and then I've got a section on the basics, that's bread and butter stuff. Uh, interiors, exteriors, paper hanging, that kind of stuff. Typical decorator things. Then the next section is, I've done a, a spraying section, obviously, and I've just picked out one, two, three, five things. So things like um, spray plaster, spraying boats, and a lot of people don't, and I'll tell you what, there's money spraying boats. Oh my God, I mean, I'm talking seriously, five grand a week money spraying boats, because hardly anybody does it, and boat people have got money. Anyway, and then I've got the next section is on what I call the money makers. So I've got four that I think are the real money makers, which I'm not going to tell you what they are. You have to buy the book. And then I've got a section on if you're a little bit arty. So things like decorative finish, decorative finishes, which I think are making a comeback. Colour and design, which a lot of decorators don't do any colour and design element to the business. And I think it's a missed opportunity. And just a few others that, for the arty ones. Because there's quite a lot of arty decorators that love doing the arty stuff. And there's one or two markets there. There's one particular one that's big in America. I mean, huge in America. Um, and I was reading an article about one chap that does this. And he makes more money than a lawyer just doing this one little specialism that, that's big in America, but it's never heard of in this country. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I've done, and I've put it all together. It's dead, typically for me, it's dead easy to read. Mm. It's laid out really easily. There's lots of pictures in there. They're not coloured, because that makes the book about 30 quid. Um, <laughs> but, you yeah. know, I've tried to keep it nice and easy and uh, accessible for decorators. No, it's brilliant. I read it and I think I, I think I messaged you after I finished reading it. It was one of those that you, you read through it and every chapter, every specialism you mention, you're like, I can't believe he's I can't believe he's just given this away. It's like yeah. it's almost like you've just given me some magic beans and I'm just yeah. like, Oh my god, like literally, if I was a decorator, you could just pick any one of those any one of those specialist specialties and you sort yeah. of you even give like um suggested company yeah. names and stuff yeah. like that and slogans yeah. and stuff i'm like yeah doing it all for you here yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like, That's okay it. brilliant so uh yeah superb book so we can pick it up from amazon can't we yeah 
Perfect. Uh, and tell us a little bit about the academy as well. So what do you guys do there? You've got a lot going on there at the moment, haven't you? We have a lot going on, yes. Yeah. So obviously, um, you know, I'm part of Paint Tech Training Academy and we started off offering spraying courses for people. And people told me I'm, we're mad for that, by the way, as well. They <laughs> specialise in spraying. Why are you teaching other people to do it? They'll take all the work off you. Yeah, whatever. But anyway, I've done it anyway. Um, but what we're doing now is we're expanding our offerings. So we're offering uh, wallpapering courses now. We offer mural courses, of course. We do spray plaster courses. And we've been doing them for quite a while now. Three years we've been offering them. So we're, we're pretty good at it. Um, and we've started, uh, we've just developed a pricing course, as, emo as emotive as that is. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. We started doing a pricing course because I think that's another big weakness in our industry, but we've not got time to talk about that tonight. But there you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's all good, really good times. We've had some good guys on the course. We get some really good feedback. We get people that keep coming back. So it can't be bad. Yeah, and you've got, um, it's all tied in with CITB now, isn't it? So you can get grants for the training and stuff? That's exactly right. So we're um, we're really lucky, really, because Tracy was senior admin at the college where I worked, and we've got, we've, we know how the game is played, let's say, and we've got a really good relationship with CITB. So what, what Tracy will do is she'll fill your form in for you, basically. You've got to say what courses you want to do you don't yeah. have to do all the courses with those you can do ipath and all these kind of things it's all paid for and you can claim up to five thousand pound a year to spend on courses so it's a, a lot of money mm. um so yeah so it's there we'll support people um if they if they need help with it just drop us a, an email at uh, courses at paintechtrainingacademy.co.uk or have a look on our website um and yeah last last, last i heard last i heard tracy had like a hundred percent record for getting she's the, got, the yeah. funding and everything so he's got hundred percent yeah but obviously you know we we it's a win everybody wins citb yeah. win because they get their forms filled out properly the decorator wins because they get a lot of free training we win because obviously they come to us to do the training so everybody wins from it there's no real i, I can't see any losers anyway it's just a brilliant thing and citb have got all this money that they want to spend training small businesses because people like us, self-employed decorators, were, were the ones they want to they want to improve us. They want to improve us, and they'll pay for it. I mean, that's it. It's there for the taking if people want it. It's perfect. So yeah, get on the Paint Tech website, give them an email, get it all booked in. There's so much to learn, and with the, the CITB stuff, it's yeah, it's an absolute no-brainer, isn't it? It's win-win-win. So. Pete, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, I think you've alluded to it. I might have to try and uh, convince you to come and do a pricing one or or some other podcast at some point. Yeah. I think there's uh, a lot of other topics that have come up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We should. We should uh, see what kind of feedback you get, John. And, you know, we can talk about whatever people are interested in, really. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Listen to what people want. It is that simple <laughs> sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> definitely. Brilliant. Yeah. Pete, once more, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right. Cheers, John. Cheers. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah.